if you do research on Odie, you find out that this guy just doesn't hop in a car, get out of the car and hop on a plane. This guy's got his hands and feet and mind in so many aspects of Formula D, drifting and automotive uh, aftermarket that it's it can be a little mind boggling for you at times to be able to compartmentalize it. Oh, I got to go drive now, right? Yeah, certainly. Um, 2011, I stepped into formula drift and got my pro license and I was all, all gung ho about it. And, um, that was me, one man team, you know, I had a group of friends and now, um, it's turned into something a lot more than that. I, have, I own a three car team. Um, I am just one of the drivers out of the three. And on top of that, I run a aftermarket suspension company called Field suspension. We manufacture shocks not just for drift cars, road race cars. We used to manufacture for rally cars, um, road cars. And the two businesses, you know, obviously mesh together. I, you know, feel race team. It, it's it's our race team. Um, but there's a lot. Yeah, I wear a lot of hats, you know, and um, bounce around from one of our businesses to the other and have employees uh, that work in one business strictly and then the other one. Um, and I try to keep everything cohesive and try to try to have everything come back to, you know, just being more competitive in informant drift and at the same time taking care of my family and making sure that all my employees have have a great place to work and, you know, my family's taken care of and my kids can grow and, and live comfortably. So it, definitely a lot. Odie Backus joining us in the Freak Nation. Winner, Formula Drift winner from Worldwide Technology Raceway just last weekend. And you talk about hoping to keep things cohesive. Right now, we're talking to you at a very cohesive time. You're coming off a win. You actually had all three of your cars on the podium in the St. Louis race, the the St. Louis event. But it's not always like that. How are you able to balance things when, let's say, the business side of things are getting pretty challenging, yet you got to hop in the cockpit and make things work? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. And honestly, when I get to hop in the car and focus on the driving, it, it, it's an escape, right? Away from, like you said, if business isn't going well, hmm. and that's what keeps me going. Uh, but at the same time, I keep reminding myself, me jumping in the car at this point in my career is helping the businesses grow as well. You know, it's good marketing for them. And you just got to switch from one one thing to the other. And, you know, it, it's challenging. It, there's no uh, no doubt about that. But I enjoy it, man. I It's what gets me out of bed is, is to have to juggle these things. You truly wouldn't want it any other way, I would imagine. No. I mean, I've been very fortunate that I've been kind of living in the moment, honestly, like deciding to build a brand new pro car and having my wife be also a business partner in our businesses and her going, you know what? That gets you out of bed. Let's freaking do it. And here we are like with only months to spare and we're deciding to do this. We're th- truly living in the moment. And, you know, that's a fun stage in my life. And, and we're just, you know, enjoying the fruits of our labor. And I want to ask a, a delicate question here. Rallying and drifting have at least one thing in common where there are people who use very old cars and they build them up and, um, 
I was told once by a very successful rally guy who said that Americans don't understand that the uh, the shell of the car is part of the suspension that could be replaced. It's not something that should be used. Uh, I know people that are using 25-year-old cars in both series. As a, a wizard in suspension, uh, how, where do you... Uh, stand on that kind of idea. Yeah, there's some validity to that for sure. And in drifting, the rigidity of the unibody chassis is playing a pretty big role in the way the car feels. Like you can build, I campaign Nissan T40 SX chassis. They're very lightweight, old Japanese vehicles. Um, there's various degrees of how rigid they are depending on what kind of life they had before I get my hands on them. And building several S chassis, that's what we call them, the 240SX vehicles and S chassis, that's the chassis code. Um, I've noticed that they behave slightly differently, even if the build is pretty much the same. So the chassis being flexible versus being rigid, yeah, it changes the dynamics of the car a little bit. Luckily, with you know shock technology these days, you can really... Um, alter the way the car feels quite a bit and the chassis flex becomes less significant, but um, they're, they're, yeah, that's a huge element. If um, people are building identical vehicles and then they're scratching their head why they don't have the same dynamics on the track, it's because the chassis flexes at a different rate. So yeah, in rally cars, they obviously get beat way harder, way faster. The lifespan's way shorter. So that comes into play even more. I was just, just, just thinking about this. With the World with the Women's World Cup underway, uh, soccer uses VAR for reviews. You've got artificial intelligence. You guys have judges, the old school way of, of actual human beings judging your runs. Do you see that evolving into a computer-type judgment moving forward for uh, Drift? Um, you know, at this point, I wouldn't say it's necessarily an uh, evolution because there's certain, there's other series, like in Japan, D1 uses uh, a system called DOS. It's a computer system that judges your driving. Driving style ends up being quite different because now you're trying to appease the computer. So you realize like hmm. how to transition the car, how to hold angle, how to burst into speed. You, you, you basically tailor your driving around appeasing this computer box to give you the highest score. Um, and that is not necessarily the better way to run a drifting series. It's just a different way. So it's been happening for many, many years. Um, I, ha I had a chance to drive in Japan and use that system. And, uh, it was interesting to try to learn it. Um, so I, I don't think the evolution of drifting is going to be moving to electronics. I think the evolution of drifting is uh, moving to electronic aids, but not necessarily using those to be the end and final judge. And Formula Drift is doing a great job of having computer-aided um, te technology, basically, or te technology to help the judges. Because now, in the event that there's a collision and the judges have to assess fault, if it's driver A or B, uh, there's actual telemetry data on the vehicles that have live feed uh, going to our windshield. There's a, a deceleration light, acceleration light. You can see a green light basically illuminating, which means we're accelerating. Uh, they have an algorithm that they don't necessarily share with the drivers, so we don't really know, you know how to trick it. But it illuminates a different color as we start slowing down a certain amount. Um, things like that are, that's where the future of the sport is heading um, to make 
to give the judges more tools to make the proper decisions. And FD's formula drift is on that. So it's, it's really good to be a part of the series that's pushing the envelope and making sure that the sport's fair, transparent, and ultimately, hopefully, the, the fans understand it better and better. Are there times that you, well, first of all, do you know who the judges are every race weekend? Yeah, yeah, we do. There's, they're rotating. This year is a little different. Before, it was always the same three judges. The only thing that would differ round to round is that the same three judges would pick a different criteria to judge you on. So one would do style, the other one would be angle, uh, the other one would be line. Now, we actually have four judges. So only three judge at a time. So the fourth one basically rotates out every single round. Um, but we're told in the driver's meeting, you know, who the judges are and the judges give us, you know, expectations during the driver's meeting. Like, Hey, we expect you to do a, B and C on this course. And, uh, we just got to do it. We got to drive the way they want us to drive. Sometimes we would prefer to drive differently. Sometimes we prefer to take a slightly different line, but you know, that's not, what we're here to do. We're here to demonstrate that we can put the car exactly where the judges want and we can accelerate and decelerate the car exactly where the judges want. And that's, well, Odie, Odie, hold on a second. There's got to be a time when you go up to the judge, put your arms around him like a godfather and kind of slip in a 40% discount of field suspension <laughs> in his pocket and pat him on the back of the head and say, I love you and walk off. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, we had a running joke that hey, he sends them the best edible arrangement. <laughs> so, uh, no, man, those guys do a, a, a killer job and they, you know, they're, they're human. Everyone there's, there's human error, but I, I think, I think they have the job and that's just what it is. And they, they do a damn good job, you know, fulfilling that criteria of being a judge. It's, it's a really, really tough job. Um, I could tell those guys get stressed out man. like middle of the event, you know, if you ever see them step out and just take a breather like you could tell like they're burdened with a lot like all of our teams are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to go and play and they i think feel that like hey look they got to do a good job to make the right call um it's just a lot of stake love that guy odie backus back just here at the freak nation